is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. So enjoy those. They're on us. That's freetalklive.com. Of course, the show is about your calls. You make them. We'll take them and talk to you about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. But uh, lots to talk about tonight, of course, including a Marine who's been discharged for being a conscientious objector. Now, I didn't know that stuff like this could happen. I thought that once you were in, you were in, and if you got some objections while you um, were in the military, then just too suddenly, bad for you. Suddenly garnered some conscientious objections. Right. I thought that it was just too bad, and if you had an objection, then you could go and spend the rest of your term in a, a you know a military brig or something like that. Yeah, maybe he knows somebody. But apparently, a federal judge, according to the San Francisco Chronicle... That's certainly not how it was on MASH with that guy that used to dress up in a dress. I remember what his name was. He had a big Clinger. Nose. Clinger, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a federal judge has ordered the Marines to discharge a San Jose Lance Corporal as a conscientious objector who had an aversion to killing and participating in war. Robert Zabala, who's 23, must be released from the Marine Corps Reserves by mid-April, U.S. District Judge James Ware said in a 21-page ruling on Thursday. Now, Toby, I watched the, the recent episode of uh, Free Minds TV, which yep. our, our listeners can see over at uh, freekeen.com. And you guys have touched on uh, the uh, the war issue quite a bit on that show. Yeah, we usually focus on a lot of local issues, but we there was a war protest here in Keene and with a lot of signs oh, and yes. stuff, so we wanted to talk about the war. I mean, we're spending billions of dollars on this, and we're losing a lot of pe- lives, not only lives, but uh, what fascinates me is the amount of casualties, and not only physical casualties, but also post-traumatic stress syndrome. For every mm. person that's injured, it's estimated that another person has post-traumatic stress syndrome. Just one? I think it'd be more than that. Well, that's the numbers that I yeah. heard is uh, 25,000 injuries and 25,000 people with post-traumatic stress syndrome. Wow. So, I mean, that's a significant number of people. So, so there, uh, there's certainly a lot and of... We, when we have to pay to treat all that. That's right. That's as a matter right. of fact, we get a deal when they die. We as, as in a taxpayer. Taxpayers, yeah. Correct. Uh, Not so, that I'm voting for any American <laughs> soldiers to die. I'm just saying right. uh, <laughs> that it costs a lot more to treat somebody who's had limbs blown off or has PTSD than... Uh, you know, putting them in a box and flying them back to Well, America. what's interesting about this uh, story, as you're going to see here, is this 23-year-old Marine. You know, the Marines are normally like the more gung-ho of the military. They're the guys that are really keen on everything about the military. They love the Marines, Semper Fi, and all that. Uh, well, this guy's attitude is uh, not typical, and it's interesting. Um, essentially, he's going to recount what it was like uh, during some training sessions here that were pretty uh, pretty chilling events in his life. Uh, Mr. Zabala's attorney says, we're very pleased with the ruling. I think it's a good decision. It makes it clear to the armed services that they can't deny conscientious objector discharges from the military. Uh, Zabala, who's a UC Santa Cruz student, began boot camp in June of 2003. The banana slugs. During a three-month period in that summer, one of Zabala's superiors repeatedly gave speeches about, quote, blowing S up or kicking some effing A. Which caused him to wonder, and you can fill in the, the words there. Right, well, uh, which I, I had a guess. Caused him to wonder, quote, how could someone be so motivated to kill, unquote, he wrote in his court petition in April of 2006. In August 2003, a fellow recruit committed suicide on the shooting range, and the same superior used profanities to belittle him, Zabala wrote, saying that he was, quote, abhorred by the bloodlust that the superior seemed to possess. 
They costed me in the Marines. I can't believe it. It was terrible. An instructor showed recruits a, quote, motivational clip showing Iraqi corpses, explosions, gunfights, and rockets set to the song Bodies by the heavy metal band Drowning Pool. Let the bodies uh, hit the floor. Is he Let surprised the... by this? Because this is, seems to me what I expect. It's what I've seen in the documentaries on it. And I, I thought that this was standard and people knew this going into the army and such. You would think. Um, I That's sort of what I would expect. I would expect to encounter people like that. But maybe, uh, you know, maybe he's had this real rosy picture of the military that, uh, you know, it was all going to be serving his country, blah, blah, blah. The, yeah, the, the recruiters line. can paint a pretty picture for it, I right. guess. And so I guess it was a little harsher. I don't know, than man. <laughs> I think that that's given somebody a, an awful lot of the benefit of the doubt if you just didn't think that you were going to see but perhaps maybe dead people and have to shoot at them and stuff. Yeah, well, no, no, it's not that. It's not about that. It's about the attitudes of the people that he was with. I think that when you join the Marines, you expect that there's a chance you're going to see some combat and you're going to see and shoot it at people. Uh, but I think the, you know, I guess the gung ho attitude of let's go kill some people. Uh, yes, killing is good. Killing is fun. This sort of attitude, this kind of a sick, twisted attitude of these uh, these Marines, is what shocked him. I think that was what was shocking. I suppose, but I mean, you know, that's really what our military's become, and that's what every military has the chance of becoming. This is why we don't when, need military. When you ha- when you give somebody a hammer, they're likely to want to bang on nails. What do you right. want out of that hammer? You want a hammer that's ready to bang nails. You True. don't want a ham- hammer that flops all around. In this on case, you. it's more. In this case, it's more than that, though. Uh, while that analogy is somewhat apt. Uh, in this case, there are people who are seeking out these particular positions. It's, it's not just giving them a hammer. It's giving people who want a hammer a hammer so they if, can go and wreak havoc If you people to kill, um, kill people and blow things up, you're going to get people that are interested in killing people and blow things up, blowing things up. He said that – so he was uh, – he apparently actually cried uh, during that, his only time while in boot camp, while the other recruits nodded their heads in time with a beat and smiled – the sanctity of life that formed the moral center of the petitioner's life was being challenged, said Collier. Uh, he wrote in a court fi- uh, filing. After Zavala returned to the uh, to the campus, he had a conversation with a fellow Marine in May of 2004, saying, I began to think about the thousands of people who died in the past year in the war, who didn't die due to just one soldier or suicide bomber, but largely by an organization. This organization trains to kill human life. Well, that's not a shock. I mean, that's what the Marines do. They train people to be killers. Uh, I guess I guess he really didn't know what to expect out of this whole Marines thing. And anyway, Zabala, who followed some Buddhist-related traditions but was not a practicing Buddhist, applied in June 2004 for a discharge on the basis of conscientious objector status. Now, I can kind of get this. I can kind of get this part. Like, you know, you come to another spot in your life and uh, things, your, your attitude on things changes. Mm-hmm. A, you know, I can kind of get that, and I have a question. I have questions about the whole um, con- military contract. Anyway, why, why do they have to get you to sign up for four years? It's a good point. If it's such a good thing, should <laughs> people want to stay there on their own? If it's so great and all the advertising's true, why don't people want to stay? Sure. How come they leave at four years? There's so many of them do. That's an know. excellent question. 800-259-9231. If you've got a comment on the story or want to bring up whatever's on your mind, let's go to the phones and talk to Chris in Iowa. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, yeah. Toby, How and Mark. How doing tonight? Great, Chris. What's on your mind? Well, I, I wanted to say on the specific topics you were just talking about, you know, everybody says, well, they feel sorry for a lot of the soldiers, and, you know, they were such good good uh, kids and everything. But, you know, I always say, well, yeah, they were nice kids until you put a gun in their hand and sent them over to uh, another country to kill other people. 
Yeah. Then, then they're bad kids. Well, they're not necessarily bad kids, but you know they're they're saying that uh, you know they were they were such good kids in high school, and you know they really helped out in the community and everything. And it's like you know, well, put a gun in their hands, and you know, you get what you get. Right. You're talking about like the instances where uh, they'll come back and uh, you'll find out that they've murdered somebody over there or they raped a little Iraqi girl or something like that. And then there's there's the comments from the inevitable comments from the family members and the neighbors who said, oh, he was so nice. He was such a sweet boy. Yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. What I really want to bring up is I don't know whether you guys uh, watch HBO. They have a show on there called Real Time with Bill Maher. I'm uh, aware of the program. I, I, I've seen. Oh, okay. I saw him on Politically Incorrect. Wasn't he on regular was, television? Yeah, that's when I used yeah. to watch him. Yeah, I, I, he, I mean, he claims to be a libertarian. Good, yeah, I mean, he, it's actually a good show. No, he's definitely he's definitely a Democrat. Uh, mm-hmm. Ron Paul was on there on Friday, ah. and before he came on, he stated that he was a libertarian, which you know, a lot of his views, like health care and you know some of the other things, are very very. Uh, uh, demo- uh, yeah, democratic rather than you know than libertarian. He's one of those guys that uh, like like so many people in uh, in popular culture today, and I guess it's sort of a good thing that a lot of people want to label themselves that. But he's one of those guys that wants to separate himself from the pack by labeling himself a libertarian when in That's fact right. he's well, not. Well, anyway, Ron, Ron Paul came on there, and the first question they asked him was about the Civil War. I want you to tell me about it if you don't mind. Hanging on, Chris. I want you to tell me about what happened. Eight hundred. Hang on. Eight hundred two five nine. 9231, because that's got to be interesting. Uh, Bill Maher comes out, starts the show claiming he's a libertarian, then brings Ron Paul out. Yeah, I think he, I think he got one up. I'm looking forward to hearing the story. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's, it's hard to beat Ron Paul on the libertarian claim. More on mm. the way. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> You bring us anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, including the bulletin board system. Over 200,000 posts, over 1,300 people interacting. Lots of fun, serious issues, fun stuff all being discussed, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And April is Financial Literacy Month. So give the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about uh, money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. 66. As we return to the phone calls, uh, let's go back to Chris in Iowa. So, Chris, you say that uh, Ron Paul was on the Bill Maher program. It was H- it's an HBO show. Yes. Okay. So he w- he appeared on the uh, the Bill Maher show right after Bill Maher claimed to be a libertarian, and then uh, exactly. he brings Ron Paul in. And you you were going to uh, get into, I guess, what the first question was. Well, I mean, usually usually the shows are fairly good, and you know, for, you know, he usually shoots everybody pretty straight. But rather than ask Ron Paul, you know, normal questions like he would any candidate that runs for president, the first subject he brings up is the Civil War, and you know how Ron Paul didn't believe that the Civil War should be fought. 
And he said, you know, and, you know, they kind of laughed at him about that. But, right. I they mean, marginalized made... him just as quick as they possibly could. They, um, you know, they, they asked exactly. some, you know, probably if he really wanted to do it, he could have gone after questions like public school after that. Although public school wouldn't marginalize him as much as disliking Lincoln. Um, exactly. But, I mean, Pledge he, of Allegiance. he really knocked it out of the park. I mean, he, he said to him, you know, well, what we should have done is rather than, uh, you know, fight the war, we should have, you know, bought, bought the slaves like the, the British and several other countries did, bought all the slaves from the slaveholders, and that would have taken care of the problem. I'd have but, to agree. But and, and then the other two questions he ha- they asked him, you know, I, I can't remember right offhand what they were, but, I mean, I'm telling you, he really knocked them out of the park, hmm. uh, you know, just this is answers that he gave them. Did he, did he seem to throw, I didn't see the episode, did he seem to throw off uh, Bill Maher at all with his answers? Uh, or? Well, no, no, I, I think they just kind of, you know, t- took him as kind of like, you know, a, a crazy person or something like that, hmm. but... You know, if you listen to his, the, you know, they kind of joked about, you know, his answer. But I mean, he really, you know, what he said would really hit home with with a lot of people. Yeah, I heard the audience really, really went crazy on uh, some of his answers. Yes. Mm, Awesome. And and you know, another thing. uh, Matter of fact, I got an email from Ron Paul that he is coming up here to Iowa on April 11th. I have never been to a political convention before, Mm -hmm. but I'm really anxious to looking forward to him coming up here. Fantastic. Well, I know Mark's been working on uh, getting him on the show. I don't know how that's coming along. I don't know if we're going to be able to make that happen. I would presume we would be. I would, I would think You'd at some think point. think he would want as much attention as he could get. So uh, we'll do our best to get him on. And, Chris, thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Someone sent me a YouTube video, which I didn't really have time to watch the whole thing, but their summary essentially was that Ron Paul was asked a question, I guess, about the border and immigration and all that, which, of course, is the issue that I would like to bring up with him. Uh, because I, I've gotten the impression that he's all about this border security uh, sort of mentality. And apparently, according to this particular YouTube video, he was asked recently this question, and he sort of responded that you know he, um, he is for the idea of letting people come into this country, just he wants to get rid of welfare first, I guess, like was where he was coming from. I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth, so we'll ask him some very speci- I'll ask him some very specific questions on that. Uh, when, when, and if we finally do get him on the show, so. Uh, but that's good news, though, that he's getting some exposure at this early point in the game. I don't know. I mean, Bill Maher, it's HBO, so I don't know how many people watch it, but there were probably a, a you know few hundred thousand people. Don't mm-hmm. you think? I I would think so. I mean, that's you know across America, HBO it's yeah. pretty listened to. Bill Maher's yeah. a name. He's also a podcast for free to everyone. So wait, the show goes out. Uh, the television show goes out as a podcast. Yep. Is it a is it a video version or no, an audio? Version? It's an audio version. It goes out for free. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. You take control. Bring up what you want. Mark to your email box and an email about rights. Right. This is from David. <clears throat> I've been listening to your show for a while, and I've recently become an amplifier. I've been thinking about something that you often say um, to callers. If you had a right to, and I, I think this is sort of in general, that what what we say. If you had a right to X, then someone has an obligation to provide you with. X. Right. So a lot of people love to make the big government people love to make the claim that, well, children have a right to an education or you have a right to health care, that sort of thing. Right. And so if there is a right to um, health care or a right to education, somebody has the obligation. Somebody is your slave. Somebody is your indentured servant. Um, has to provide that teaching right, because education doesn't come for free, you know for free it doesn't um, nor does right. uh, medical attention if you're laying in your bed and you have a right to go out and get health care then 
you're going to go to the hospital, somebody you're going to open the door, and there are going to be people there waiting on hand and bended knee in order to uh, to give you whatever it is that you want for free. That's the you know the intention there behind that statement, and it's just absolutely absurd in my opinion. Um. Anyway, he goes on. The more I think about this, the more I think there's no such thing as a right, which sort of puts I've, him in your camp. I sort of agree with him. I like the concept. Me too. I, I like it. I just can't really. I can't say that there's any evidence that supports the existence of such a thing. Well, wouldn't someone have to give you rights, and who can give you rights? It's it's an abstract. Well, the abstract. idea is you're born with them. Right. I guess some people think you can be given them. Uh, I guess some people think you are given them at the instant you're born, or some cases at the instant of conception and all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, who gives it to you? The the ta- um, the sort of t- typical answer is God, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe in God. And even if you want to use God as the answer, there's still no actual evidence that God has given anybody a right. Right. Does it even mention rights in the Bible? Um, I don't know that it does. I, I don't. I've never heard. I, I, of it. I've never read the Bible with that sort of. Uh, You've read process. it several times through. I have, um, but I, I haven't read it with that. There was process. ten commandments, but there weren't the Bill of Rights in no. the Bible. <laughs> no, there wasn't. So you know, it's a nice idea. I, I know that um, people believe in souls. People believe in rights. These are sort of intangible things. Um, and the reason that I believe in the Constitution, that I uh, that I always go back to it as a reference point, is because it means something to people. Mm. Not for any reason. You know, I, I'm really with you. Essentially, you've got a bunch of guys who wrote a piece of paper and created a government Factually, in the Actually, that's what it is. I mean, it is the uh, foundation of our government, so therefore I think our government should run by, uh, via that foundation and not just completely ignore it. That's that makes the theory, sense to me. But um, other than that, I don't think it really has any validity. Um, and the same goes really goes with rights. Why? Right. You know, I, I think that people believe in rights. They've been told there are rights, and uh, we should work on that premise just educate people and define rights on a regular basis. If you have a right to X, then someone has an obligation to allow you to have that in some way. So, like, if I can, uh, you know, the right well, to speech... Well, that's where X is a product or service. Right. Well, If, if it's right, a I, right to life, I was reading then, his thing, and that's not, it doesn't exactly yeah. fit. Essentially, the real rights you have, no one... It doesn't cost anyone anything. Um, Correct. If I'm on my land, I can... Say what I want. I can put up what display I want. Mm. You know, I can have what religion I want. You know, I have the right to be somewhat uh, sacrosanct in my own uh, on my land uh, that people don't have a right to come on it and go through pilfer through my stuff. So uh, people believe in that, and for that reason, I like to reference them. That's people all. believe in rights, but mm-hmm. they don't really understand what it is that they believe in as rights. They don't understand the the differential between the right to free speech and the right, so-called right to health care. And, and I'll finish that. it up in a second. And uh, we'll get to the rest of this gentleman's email. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free. At 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. And that does include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photograph. In fact, we've added three 
brand new Shriners to the Shrine of Female listeners within the past few days. You can take a look by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That again is shrine.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, as well as tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. 800-259-9231. Talking about something a little bit, well... It's something a little bit non-concrete, something you can't really touch, something that is, uh, it's a thought, it's a concept, it's rights. Something in the abstract. Yeah, abstract, that's a great word. So, um, I was searching for a great word, and you, <laughs> you came up with it. So we got an email in from someone who is sort of like I am on this whole rights thing, it's sort of iffy on the concept just in general as to, do rights exist? Uh, that's at least... My question. Mm. I don't know if they do. I would like to believe that they do. I just don't have any evidence to prove that they do. I think that um, you. I think you sort of hit on it, Mark, in that if enough people believe in rights, well, then maybe they exist. Right. It, it exists in agreement. Right. But uh, if, people agree that it exists. Sort of in the same way that government uh, is sort of agreed to exist. Well, our government is supposed to be of the people, and it certainly is. In some, um, it does exist by the, um, you know, the, the granted by the people. So government's a little bit more concrete since it's actually men with guns. It's whereas got rights, buildings too. Right. It could be like the value behind a greenback. But if the people felt that their rights were being enough, people felt. Um, people felt that there were rights, and enough of them felt that these rights were being violated, the government would disappear in a moment. So what we need to do is help people understand what rights are, then. Okay. All right. So well, what was this guy's email point? I'm not entirely sure that I'm all for the government disappearing in a moment. All I'm dis- um, for is uh, the government shrinking I'm down. I'm salivating a- at the thought. <laughs> <laughs> shrinking down to a manageable size. Okay, so going on. Sadly, even among those that care about uh, me the most, there's no perceived obligation to help me defend any of my rights. No one in the general population feels any particular obligation to protect me from those that would violate any of my rights, even my right to life. Um, I guess what he's saying is, is that uh, if the right situation came along, you know, the cops came and got him, that they those people would let him go or something like that. I don't know. I'm just trying to imagine what he said. Well, for the most part, many people are callous towards uh, towards the so-called rights of others. They're all mm-hmm. for the rights for themselves. But it's those other people that don't deserve rights. Well, it's the uh, it's the, in the defending. That's where the real you know. It's one thing to, for me to sit here and on the radio and talk about other people's rights. It's another one for me to go out and get in the way of uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the police or something violating someone's rights. That's a whole different sure. story. Now there there are those among us with wealth, power, popularity, or prestige that hire or otherwise persuade others to help protect their rights. But in general, this is there's rarely any reciprocity. Those without po- uh, wealth, power, popularity, or prestige are simply left with the rights they can personally defend by their own devices. What do you think? So, I, I guess seems, we, it seems uh, it seems like a, an appropriate analysis of the situation. The more wealth you have, the more rights you have. I say I would say that you have uh, some level of uh, all the rights that are outlined. Um, in in the Constitution, uh, simply by being an American. If we have a government, I say we we have the rights, and that's if we have a government, which we do. The government should be there to create and protect these rights. Right. Um, uh, it doesn't that, create the rights. It uh, it simply acknowledges that, that at least the theory behind gov- this government and the Bill of Rights and all that is that the, they're essentially saying that oh, you already have these rights. 
but this government will respect these rights, unlike other governments around the world that just don't care about your rights. That was what the idea was. So they didn't create the rights. They just wrote them down on a piece of paper. That was the idea. Okay. There you go. Uh, but it's still such a tricky issue because uh, people, they, if they have these rights, then by the definition of what a right is supposed to be, it's supposed to be inviolable. It's supposed to be something that you know can't be touched, can't be violated. And they are all the time. Uh, whether it's, I mean, we've but we've gone down the laundry list of the uh, the the first ten amendments and have essentially pointed out how virtually every single one of them has been set on fire, has been essentially subverted. And so you don't have those rights. I mean, it's clear, based on the behavior of the men with guns, the men with guns right now, the government, doesn't think you have those rights. Yeah, sure, their politicians will get up on a podium and they'll talk about how, oh, yeah, you've got the right to freedom of speech, and they'll, you know, they'll pander to those rights. But when it comes down to actually... Freedom versus not you're not having freedom. You don't have the um, these rights. Well, I, I think that they think that they they can dictate those rights and how they exist. Like for instance, you should have the right to freedom of speech as long as you're in a big cage somewhere, well away Free from a, some pol- politician that uh, you know represents things that you're against. Yeah. Um. You know, you should have the right to have a firearm as long as it's you know duly registered with the local authorities and uh you, you pay the 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 money to register it those kind of things of course you're Caveats. in uh, new york city yeah well or you know in, in that case the local authorities don't think you should have guns right. they th- think only the criminals should have them apparently right which criminals means, and cops right which essentially i think that um you guys do a segment on your show and i'm, I'm i think it's worth referencing you call it uh, the bill of rights void where prohibited by law on uh, free minds tv right and it's not a very we don't do it every week we do it from time to time and it's not a very hard segment to come up with topics for sure just open the newspaper, and usually the first couple things in there are examples of people's so-called rights being violated. I think it's a I think it's a creative uh, title for a segment because that's just exactly what's happening here. The guys who formed the government way back when set out these rights in the Bill of Rights, and they said, okay. Well, if this government is operating by the rules that we say it's supposed to, it's supposed to res- uh, respect these, you know, these rights at all times in every single thing it does. Every law must be checked against these rights. Every law must be constitutional, and and that whole that whole deal. Well, we know that that doesn't happen anymore. So all they do to abolish a right is simply pass a law that counteracts it, and then all the bureaucrats, without even thinking, many of them who've never read the Constitution. I would say 99% of bureaucrats have probably never read the, both the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. Um, these bureaucrats go and they mindlessly, like automatons, go and enforce these laws, regardless of how many rights it violates. And very few of them, very few of them ever have any sort of moral compunction, uh, have some sort of issue with the fact that they're violating people's rights. It doesn't even bug them for, the, for even a moment. Well, they're just doing their jobs. They're not even thinking about it. They're thinking that their job is to control people in this particular aspect, and uh, that's what they need to do. They also muddle what rights would be by throwing it out there. They always want to get elected and get up on their podiums and tell people what they want to hear. So they say right to health care, right to water, right to all these things that... Well, that's what well, it's changed into. Yeah, so it, it makes people confused. Uh, the the people are already confused. They already don't know what's going on. They don't know what's what the Bill of Rights is as is. The people... Right. I like how you point that out, you know, because the people are very confused. 
They know they have rights. They, they've heard of the idea and they like the idea. It's just that they keep being told by politicians that, oh, yeah, you've got a right to health care. You've got a right to this. You've got a right to that. So, like, their, their rights pie keeps expanding and they're, they're getting more and more confused the whole time. Well, I, wait, I thought I had a right to health care. Oh, no, sorry, you don't have a right to health care. Well, then what rights do I have? Well, you know what? According to the law, you don't really have any rights. Yeah, there's that old bill of rights and everything like that, but no one cares Try about that. Try to exercise them. Right. You know, make act like your your uh, right to bear arms is is in in some way unabridged. Yeah, try acting like that in an airport, for example. Yeah, well, try acting like that walking down the street in most places. In most places. Yeah, just try bringing the Bill of Rights into a courtroom. Half the time they won't even hear it. Yeah, like they don't want to hear about that Bill of Rights crap. Look. The Supreme Court's ruled on this, and it's very clear what sure. they meant by Nine right people. to bear arms. Nine people in black robes have made a decision on your rights. Apparently, <laughs> nine people can just completely destroy a right. Yeah, well, that's that. You know, they they have uh, they have validity in that. You know, we have agreement on this piece of paper called the Constitution. A large. Well, they don't have validity. I mean, theoretically, according to the system, they do, but the system is fraud. I mean, the system is a scam. The whole thing. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and because we could, all three of us and Julia, we could bring her in here, and we could write up our own constitution, and then claim that everyone must follow this new constitution, <laughs> and we wouldn't have any claim over anyone else. It's crap. More on the way. You can take control. I, I mean, I and I hate to say that as somebody who used to be a constitutional guy. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want toll free at 800-259-9231, whether it's uh, something existential or something concrete and real. Uh, Whatever you want to talk about goes at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And, of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. And uh, that does include a variety of different things, though we do ask you to voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live Amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and join the over 360 current Free Talk Live amplifiers. Um, there are some reasons why you might want to do it, but the primary one is to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty. And there's some perks as well, like you get access to the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amplifier-only forum. Also, amplifiers are the only ones who get access to the studio cam chat room. It's all there for you. Get the details. Find out how we're spending the money at amp.freetalklive.com. I think you'll be pleased. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, and it's Kenneth on the amplifier line in Colorado. Kenneth, you're on the air. Hey, I'm kind of PO'd about this business about the the uh, roads being the third rail of the Libertarian Party platform. Well, um, the get reason, PO'd, Ke- uh, Kenneth. <laughs> well, the reason I'm PO'd about it is because... I really think roads are one of the things that the market could do wildly better than the government does it. Can you give me some examples as to how you think that might happen? Right. Do you you remember how the telephone market was before deregulation? Well, I wasn't alive. I don't think I was alive at that point, but you're talking about like AT&T when they had essentially a a virtual monopoly over phone lines? There was the phone company, and there was the phone, and the phone was this thing that they all looked the same, and they all had a little dial on them, mm-hmm. and there were no features, and there were no services. The weren't, service they, was, weren't they like three cents a minute? Somebody. Pardon me? Weren't they like three cents a minute, and this was back in the early portion of the 20th century? I don't remember what it was. I remember that the prices went down and the services went way up. That was after and deregulation. After, the prices went down. Right. 
The prices went down and the services went way up after deregulation. And if you think about it, the phones are a lot like the roads. There's this assertion the socialists have that, well, there's only one way to do it. There's, you know, we've got to share it all or else it's going to cost way too much money and it's not going to be right or anything. There'll be too much confusion in the marketplace. Mm. We don't That's want confusion, do we? What's that? We don't want confusion, do we? No, but, but my point is it's the same way with roads. You don't have to drive on only one set of roads. There could be an infinite number of ways to get from one place to another, just like on wires. And furthermore, um, let, me, let me tell you something else about roads. Roads, what's really bad about roads today is that the government is running them. That's what true. What other service do you spend an hour or two a day or maybe more, depending on what area of the country you live in and where your job is, using a service that you don't really want to use other than the fact that you have to? Yeah, pretty much you have to. That's a great question. Right. And um, I'm sure that if the roads were run by the market, there would be alternative solutions to sitting, waiting in traffic. First of all, I think if the market could run the roads, the first thing they'd work on is making the roads and the cars compatible with each other on a communication basis so that your car knows when it's going to hit something. It knows when it's going off the road. It knows when you're driving too fast for the conditions or too slow. And it's going to adjust accordingly, meaning you might be able to drive 120 miles an hour sometimes. Very possible. See, or you might only be able to drive 20. Depends. Right. But, it's likely. Reason, you know, I don't disagree with that. Uh, it's, uh, it is me who makes the assertion that uh, roads are right. the uh, third way, uh, rail of uh, libertarian politics. It's that uh, you have to be able to paint the picture for some, um, for people, everybody, um, you have to be able to do it in a very short period of time in an elevator right. speech. You have to be able to do it in 30 seconds. You have to p be able to paint a picture for people on how roads would be better in a free market. And I'll tell but you. you see how, but you see how I got the attention with that? The way I got the attention was by not assuming that the roads could be done just as well by the market, by showing that the government screwed up the roads, by showing that there's an analog situation that was improved by giving it to the market, and why wouldn't the market do just as well with roads? I would concur with you. I think you did a great job. Um, do you think that most libertarians can do that good of a job? I think they need to learn. <laughs> I, I would agree, but but, but what hey, we have in libertarian so politics today is the job. result of 35 years of cultivation. I, for right. one, do not want to wait another 35 years to see libertarian policies implemented simply based on waiting 35 years to get the roads um, issue uh, educated throughout the libertarians so that we can then disperse this information. I so Mark, say I avoid the rail. I think they've been avoiding the roads issue instead of confronting the roads issue, and that's part of the problem. You, instead of running away from the issues that might be uncomfortable, you've got to say, no, wait a minute, we could do a better job, and here's how. You know, unfortunately, there's been some trouble with the uh, examples of it. I know that there's some roads that have been partially privatized. They've been leased to companies yeah. for 99 years or something, and so when the gov people go, ah, oh, the government's doing a bad job at roads, they go, oh, look it, we tried privatization, it just simply it doesn't work. work. That's because right. they're not market roads. Exactly, right. but, but, but the public it's, gets confused. Yeah, it's confusing the people and giving privatization sort of that bad flavor. Um, and that, right. I think that's what some, sort of the intention is. Now, do, you know what, to look at the uh, this as a third rail issue, I think... I think ignores another possible third rail issue, something that a lot of other libertarians who aren't you, Mark, uh, a lot of the more sort of conservative libertarians, mm -hmm. 
they would tell you that the war on drugs third rail issue. They would tell you that we should, the Libertarian Party, and this is an argument that has been going on for years, and none of us, I don't think any of us are members of the Libertarian Party as far as like, we're just mentioning that there's, they're a visible movement. When they had that free membership, I signed up to be able to get uh, emails and stuff. And I, I did sign up to be a life member, but I've essentially like rescinded it. Um, but anyway, I'm just pointing them out because they are a organization of Libertarians that debates what are the appropriate issues to talk about. And there's a huge segment of them that say, oh, this is bad. We shouldn't talk about legalizing drugs. When, in fact, if you're a libertarian, you believe in getting the government out of the drug market, getting, uh, having freedom when it comes to buying and selling narcotics. And, you know, we, we address that head on on this show, Mark, with no fear on Free Talk Live. And right the roads should be the same way. In fact, the roads are much more innocuous issue uh, than, the, than the war on drugs. I They're would certainly disag- not as emotional. I would disagree entirely that roads are more innocuous. And thanks for the call. Appreciate it. The first thing, um, like you say, the first thing that people want to talk to you about when you talk about the whole idea of downsizing government, in your case, getting rid of government, um, is roads. My God, what are we going to do? Because although the war on drugs, it might be, you know, it might be somewhat tragic that somebody dies in the streets uh, mm-hmm. d- due to a heroin overdose. Everyone drives. Everyone drives a car and their whole day consists around getting from one place to another by applying rubber to concrete. And for the most part, I don't think a lot of people are bothered by the roads. I know for me, uh, while I would like to see the privatization... Are you I mean, it's not my biggest issue. I mean, I think well, that there's a lot bigger bi- fights to fight. It and may I- not be your biggest issue, but that's because you're a you know you're a pretty principled libertarian who's found other issues that are more important to you. Listen to the radio around here. We uh, we're doing the show from Keene, New Hampshire. It's a, a smallish, very small city in the southwestern corner of New Hampshire, sort of like a, an oasis in an area of nothingness. And if you listen to the morning talk show. All they talk about is the roads. I know. Now they now and then they've got the cook that comes on and gives you cooking tips, and then, then they have a. I mean, then they have a psychic come on just so they can generate phone calls. But um, if they're not talking about any other issue, somebody's calling. If he opens the phones and just takes any random call, somebody calls in about some traffic congestion, and it's the worst when the mayor's on the air. When they bring the mayor on the air, all they get are people complaining about the roads. There's a problem at this intersection. There's a problem with this road. There's a problem here. These people that are out there on the road a lot, they hate the roads, and they know that they're bad. They know that government is terrible at taking care of roads, but yet um, they haven't really been presented with the even the solution of taking it out of government's hands. And that's what is the scary part, the idea that, well, let's present that solution to these people. Uh, is that going to make them run away from these ideas, or will it make them a little bit more curious and want to know more about how that might possibly work. Either way, we're going to come across it. I just know the conversations I've had with people and their problems with government, the road isn't the primary focus of what they think should be changed about government. Sure, if you ask people the question, what's your, you know, what's the thing you want to change the most? Roads are not going to be the answer. I mm-hmm. agree with that. But that doesn't mean that they aren't irritated by them. Well, I'm irritated by them. Right. <laughs> Everybody knows that government sucks at taking care of roads. All we have to do is get them to understand that how could it be worse? <laughs> well, how could it be worse if I you turned the, it to the market? The, the, the concept of uh, libertarianism sort of centers in some ways around making things more efficient. The, my suggestion, at the very least, would make the distribution of money towards the roads more efficient. And therefore, it appeals to libertarians. And I'm not going to change it based on um, you know what 
what some people think. I mean, you gotta, you're going to have to give, go a lot better for me because every time I talk to somebody about these issues, the first thing I get is roads. 800-259-9231. I'm not done with roads for tonight. We hit it for like an hour straight last night. So we're moving on. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up, Mr. Universe attacked by the police? Why? This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you take control, bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free lines. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. And uh, that's free at freetalklive.com. All right. So Mr. Universe has been attacked. I don't even know who Mr. Universe is. I know he's a bodybuilder, right? I guess so. I've never heard of him before, but from Redwood City, California, from the AP, the reigning Mr. Universe is facing charges after a scuffle with police in Redwood City, California. In an incident at a movie theater, the downtown Redwood City Sunday night, Doug Burns was sprayed with mace and wrestled to the ground by police officers. Police uh, thought he was intoxicated, but the diabetic bodybuilder actually was going through an insulin shock. Mm. Despite the misunderstanding, the 43-year-old Burns was arrested for a misdemeanor assault and resisting arrest. Redwood City police officers (laughs) reported that Burns had assumed a fighting stance, and it took four officers to bring him into submission. So Uh, he didn't hit anybody. No, he was. He looked from but the he description was here. It looks like he was staggering around. He's a big guy. It yeah, it's a little picture. He's I'm just sure a he's big intimidating guy to anybody, um, you know, who's thinking about uh, jumping on him. But I don't know that he was responsible for you thinking about jumping on him. I don't know. I, I think that this this story probably wouldn't have ever made it into the news if it wasn't Mr. Universe. Well, you'd be surprised. Um, there actually have been stories similar to this in Usually the those stories, the cops have beat the crap out of somebody. In this case, True. they just arrested him. Well, okay. But they did beat on him a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, it looks like they did. Four big guy, four cops taking down this one big guy. Said they wrestled him to the ground. Um, he says after the incident, an officer asked him to sign a citation while he was incoherent. Burns says he hasn't had a chance to review it. It's not yeah. a very long story. It's just a short little blurb. But it's not uh, something that has uh, is unheard of in the in the past. Uh, we've had at least two stories. I would say in the last two years. Of different people. I think one of them was like a high school principal. The other one was just some random guy. And both of them had diabetes. Both of them had uh, were driving. In the in the cases that I, I recall, they were driving. One of them, the most memorable, was the guy that um, knew he had a, a shot coming on, a, a diabetic shot coming on, and he felt it happening. So he pulls over into like a Seven Eleven parking lot, and you know puts his car in park so he could have his shock uh, without putting any other drivers in danger. Right, that's a good thing. Right, the sensible thing to do. And while he was in this period, I don't know how long these things last, but while he was in this, uh, this shock period, the apparently the person in the store had called the cops because I guess he got spooked because someone was sitting out in front of the store not doing anything. I don't know what the deal was with that. But anyway, the cops showed up, pulled the guy, broke his uh, window... Because he was still in his car. They broke his window because he wasn't responding. He was in shock. And they pulled him through the window and proceeded to beat him. 
Wow. And then it was after that. It after was the they, passenger window, though, that he pulled him through. Yeah, I think that was right. And then after they'd proceeded to beat this man, then they discovered the, uh, you know, the diabetic kit that right. the guy had with him, and then they realized, oops. Oh, sorry. Did they still charge him? I don't think he was charged with anything in that particular case. I think I think they probably just uh, he probably had to go to the hospital. But in it's just another example of the police looking for an excuse to get into a fight. It just shows there that certain some police officers they're not looking at us as fellow citizens, just fellow people, just living lives. They're looking at is it us versus them? And right. This, and well, we're their minions to be ordered around because that's what happened in this case with the school principal. I mean, he, he quote unquote refused to he roll down his window. Orders, Suppose right. he did refuse to um, to roll down his window. The idea is is that beyond that, um, you know, that, that's that's resistance enough. You know, refusal is resistance enough. So they break the window, they drag the guy through it, and they kick him to sleep. It's clear he didn't physically fight back because he was in insulin shock. So, like, he can prove, I didn't fight back. Mm-hmm. It's not a situation where, um, you know, you have to have a camera. It's, it's basically a situation, you know, a little less than having, uh, you know, a l- little less provable than having a camera in that we know he didn't fight back. He was in insulin shock and couldn't even open the door. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you bastards kicked him to sleep. It's sick. It really is. 800-259-9231. Speaking of cops with an obsession for violence, in fact, Toby, I think this probably leads right into your second story uh, tonight. Los Angeles Police Department apparently been getting a little too slap happy with the uh, the flashlights. Yeah, that's right. Um, they, that means they have to spend $1 million on new flashlights. Los Angeles police have unveiled their latest tools in the fight against crime, a flashlight powerful enough to sun sp- su- stun suspects, but too lightweight to beat them with. This is, um, wow. I guess this comes after over 50 people um, have been severely beaten by Los Angeles Police Department that officers. That we know of. That, that have been reported with this heavyweight flashlight. And uh, a few yeah, of them, many of them light. have been Oof. hospitalized. Um, I guess the ACLU claims that people were being beaten across the head, but now it's a smaller butt on the flashlight, so they're not going to be able to hit them as as hard so well um i'll tell you i having having, having been in prison for a period of time um the the guards there prided pride themselves on on the size of their flashlights mm-hmm. as though they're big giant black phalluses or something they 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 want the d battery one rather than c battery one because it has more right. heft and girth um you know these and they really use them they crack people's heads open with them, basically. If, if you can imagine how heavy and um, a mag light is, you know, yeah, they're big. Yeah. You drop that thing on your toe, it's going to hurt. It I is mean, going to hurt. And if you are... hit somebody in the head with it, it's going to hurt a lot. No, but uh, that's unintended. This is a great quote. If you shine the light into someone's eyes, you will momentarily disorient them. Mm-hmm. But unlike previous flashlights, it cannot be used to inflict unintended damage. Or he used to strike someone around the head. Now, that's just great. I mean, I, I didn't mean to hit him with it. It's not my fault that this flashlight's just too big for me. Yeah. So how... It just flew out of my hands. I can't uh, can't wield it appropriately. But what, how is it that uh, this thing prevents um, damage? It's, I, mean, I guess it's it's lighter weight. They give it's a few paragraphs about how at 8.6 inches long and weighing 10.4 so ounces, it's smaller flashlight, I guess. And it's, it's shorter. It's lighter. Mm-hmm. I mean... So they're that still going they to swing be it faster. They're still going to be able to do damage, but not unintentional damage. Mm-hmm. What it says to me is w- the taxpayers of Los Angeles have to pay <laughs> one million dollars because yeah. their police officers 
are unable to use a heavy flashlight and right. not hurt people with it. Right. So now, in this case, I mean, talk about the law of unintended consequences taken to an extreme. We we talk about all the time how whenever government creates a new program or goes out, sets out to do something, it tends to actually result in the opposite of the intended original consequences or, or cost a lot more and, and give them an excuse to, if they fail at it, which they inevitably do to some extent, the failure gives them an excuse to buy more stuff. In this case, the failure is that the police are clubbing way too many people too yeah. often. And so because the police are violent and out of control, now taxpayers have to pay more money to put a safer flashlight in these guys' hands. I mean, th- this is just absurdity to the hilt. It, it just uh, it really doesn't make sense to me. I guess it's a good thing because less people are going to be beat by these police, but it's a problem we shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I don't. I just don't feel like, um, you know, I don't know a lot of corrupt cops, but we've certainly talked about them enough on this show. I just don't feel like a violent, a, an LAPD officer who's prone to beating someone with a flashlight. They do really have a hell of a reputation there. Right. I don't think he's going to stop his his uh, violent ways because they're handing him a new blunt object. Well, he's got his baton, too. I mean, he just has to switch hands. I mean... Right. I don't know. I guess this will take away accidental beatings. Like, I'm trying uh, to shine the, the flashlight, but I hit you with it. But I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I guess tasering I don't someone know isn't that satisfying car- I don't know that they necessarily carry the batons or, you know, I mean, some Yeah, some are those out of date now? Or do they still carry batons? I presume I they do. I, I saw a cop getting out of his car just earlier today, and he was putting the baton in his belt as he walked it to the car. It would depend on the police department or the uh, sheriff's office that, uh, that we're talking about there. So, I mean, some probably do and some probably don't. I would rather them carry batons than, um, you know, go shooting people, so. Yeah, until they club you over the head with one 20 times. 800 259 Well, it's better than getting shot with their gun once. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, of course, when then with the gun thing, they've got more of an incentive to use the baton. They certainly have the gun. The reason they don't use the gun is because, well, they can get away with beating a guy and leaving him on the side of the road or in the back of an alley or in the crack house or wherever it is that they beat the guy within an inch of his life. They can get away with that much easier rather than letting off a gunshot and having inevitably, you know, if you've got a, a round expended as a police officer, you've got a paperwork. You've got paperwork to fill out. You've got to account for that round. Where did it go into? Where did you fire it? All that sort of thing. You pull out a club or you pull out a, uh, a mag light and clock someone over the head with it. You can go get in your car and drive back to the station, and nobody knows the wiser. More on the way. You can take control. The Pledge of Allegiance, your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That does include, by the way, the archives. An entire year's worth of the program is right there on the front page of the site for your downloading convenience. In fact, I just sent out an update today announcing our March torrent, because the way the archives work is uh, we've always got the last six days that you can just click and download, and then we have the last year of the show in torrent files. So easy to download monthly chunks of the show. You download and you get to just take an entire month at, the, at a time. And it's very simple. Just go to uh, freetalklive.com to get all the details and get all of our archives for free, unlike those other radio shows that want to charge you for them. 
All right. The Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th at Porkfest. You'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. To the email box, simply because I've uh, fallen behind in my emails, and there's some good ones here I need to get caught up on. So this one from Cody. He says, I go to a Christian private school. This in itself is a recipe for disaster. Anyone who has any understanding of private schools knows that there are a ton of rules, most of which the student body finds unnecessary and overly restrictive. Everyone likes to complain about the dress code and the hair regulations, which can't be past your eyes, ears, or collar, and no facial hair. Wow, no facial hair. Is that like a, it's like a Christian thing? No, no it's just hair? what they want to do at their school. These rules are a pain, but really not a huge problem. However, my school recently started making us say the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, we'd stopped doing this several years ago, and last year, just out of the blue, the flags, we have to pledge to the U.S. flag and the Christian flag, returned to the room, and we had to say the pledges. Now, when I say we have to say them, I mean we have to. They force us. Our principal comes on over the intercom during announcements in the morning and says the pledges, and we say them with her. On Mondays, we have junior high, high school chapel, and all of our classes are shorter and announcements are done second hour instead of first. Now, my first hour teacher is really cool. Uh, He apparently knows him from outside of school. He doesn't enforce the stupid pledges. But my second hour teacher is a Puerto Rican woman who's very uh, fascist, Naziistic about them. If we are not standing, hand over heart, saying the pledges, she threatens us with a detention. It really ticks me off because I think being forced to say the pledges not only destroys the point of the pledges, but also violates my rights. Well, unfortunately, you don't have rights on private property. Um, it's their school, as he pointed out. It's a private Christian school. It's their school. They can make you pray to Satan if they want to. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, then go find another school. You don't have you don't have a right to uh, to not say the pledge on their campus. Anyway, he says, however, I was informed that since I go to a private school, I have no right. You're right. Uh, Anyways, I have many, many problems with saying the pledges, and I get criticized by my peers for having and or voicing my opinions. Now, I'm in a class... They just don't understand. Right. Now, I'm in a class of 20, and we all know each other really well, so it isn't cruel criticism, but all the same, I don't give a darn what they think. My reasons for saying the pledges, number or for not saying the pledges, are number one. He says, let's look at the beginning. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Hell no, he says, all in caps. I won't pledge myself to a flag. I don't give a damn what it represents. I won't pledge to it. This is because, A, I refuse to pledge myself to anything that requires me to, and, B, I am a Christian. I may not always show it, but I believe all the Bible says, and pledging to a flag certainly sounds like idolatry. However, I have not had a single person agree with me, so perhaps I'm wrong. Well, <laughs> I would dis- I would disagree. Um, now I it- Disagree with what? I would disagree with... Um- People that, that that do not agree with him. I think that to some extent this is um, idolatry. It is. You're pledging allegiance to this, uh, you know, this representation. An inanimate object. Right. This representation. It says and the republic for which it stands. But that means I'm pledging allegiance to that inanimate object and the republic for which it stands. Both of them. I would, one would assume at the same time. Now, maybe you're not putting um, gods before the, the Christian god, you know, Yahweh or whatever you want to call yeah. him. Um but you are, in fact, you know, revering this flag, and you're revering the republic for which it stands. I, I you know, pledging allegiance to it. I don't know that whether that really has a place. 
He goes into a second reason here in a moment, but there's another reason, a third reason that I would like to suggest as to why you shouldn't uh, shouldn't necessarily pledge to the flag, and that is because it was written by a national socialist. Uh, Nazi. Nazi. Back in the late 1800s. I know it's iconoclastic, but the fact is uh, Francis Bellamy was absolutely a national socialist. Go do the go and do the research for yourself if you want to. In fact, you'll see pictures of school children right. with their arms raised out in front of them and with something very very similar to the Nazi salute. Yeah, pledging allegiance to the flag. Now we've changed all that in some of the uh, prettier right. history, uh, but now now it's a hand over a heart. You'll, you'll notice that everyone can mention um you know, you who wrote the national anthem? Everybody says right away, you know, Francis Scott Key. Um, but you ask him who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. They, they know the pledge. Yeah, by heart. Um, and you know why do you suppose that is? Because it's a dirty, dirty little secret. That's why. Mm. You know, I'd say there's another reason not to say the pledge, at least in schools, and simply for the practical waste of time that it is. I know yeah, it doesn't let's, let's sound educate. like much. But one to two minutes a day being taken out, it disrupts the class. Sure. That's an entire day a year, or maybe, or depending on how disruptive it is, that's two days a year that is gone to saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Good and, point. you know, here's the other, you know, that's, that, that only makes um, points to against school entirely. How much of school is learning? Real, live learning. Government I'm not school? talking about... I don't yeah, know. Uh, well, I would say both, quite honestly, to some extent. Because school includes, you know, moving from class to class. Right. It includes, uh, you know, the disciplining of other students. You have to sit through there through um, things you already know. The announcements. Um, you have to sit through the announcements. I mean, there's just so... Uh, cafeteria. There's just so much time at school that's just... Babysitting time, glorified babysitting. Really, that's all it is, and, and and they use that time to indoctrinate the kids. And how much of that um, stuff that they actually do teach are facts, mm. you know, real, live, honest to God facts, and well, not a lot some of kind it's of also, spin. A lot of it may be factual, but it's uh, trivial. Yeah, a lot of it's just uh, rote memorization. Oh, well, how many miles are we from the moon? Who the flip cares how far we are from the moon? 93 million from the sun. I don't know the moon. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> the sort of thing that you learn in uh, in many classes. Then you go and you take a test, and you have to just recall all these inane facts that aren't going to have any bearing whatsoever on your adult life. Anyway, he says the second reason for not saying the pledge is that we're being forced to do it. Perhaps it's just who I am, but I hate being told what to do, especially by people who really shouldn't have any control over me. It's BS for my Spanish teacher to tell me that I have to involuntarily pledge myself to the flag of this nation, the nation itself, and the government in charge of the nation. So as I was going from class to class, disgusted by the hypocritical, self-righteous, conservative a-holes in charge of my school, he curses a lot for a good Christian boy. Well, um, cursing or cussing or whatever, like the terminology gets uh, kind of convoluted here, isn't necessarily a sin. Um, there's there's no point in the Bible where it says you can't cuss. Your Sunday is, school teacher just won't like it. No, she certainly won't. He says it uh, says not to curse, but cursing is like I hope your camel is infested with a thousand <laughs> fleas, you dirty infidel. Like the the um the curse was the first yeah. part with the um the and, and the and the rest of it's you know some kind of expletive. It's, he says, uh, so as he was going to class, he came up with his own interpretation of the uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. We'll share that with you here in a moment. Your calls as well at 800-259-9231. Your comments on the pledge or whatever you want to talk about. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features totally free. That includes the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com, the place to go to experience over 1,200 pages that were created by listeners like you. In fact, you can go in and change the wiki to your heart's content. Head over to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. So we're reading a uh, an email here from one of our listeners who goes to a Christian private high school. And he's pretty upset because apparently recently uh, for one of their new policies is they've brought the pledge back into the school. I guess there was a period of time where uh, there there were no requirements to say the pledge there were no uh, nobody was getting up during the the morning drill or whatever and and saying the pledge but then they brought the flags back into the class and he's pretty upset about it and for good reason um as he points out there are two main reasons why he's upset uh number 1 that he doesn't uh like the idea of pledging himself to a flag considering that he is a christian and there's that whole thing about not worshiping false idols and so he sort of uh, likens the flag to an idol, and I don't blame him for that. I mean, I'm an atheist and everything, but I can see where he's coming from. He makes a valid point, and I don't see I don't see why it's so important. Uh, like, that, why is the it pledge? so right? Why is it so important to the people that want to enforce the rule? I mean, why is it Obedience. that they're so bent out of shape about him not doing it? Or, Nationalism, or do they right? Or do they hold up their country like a god? In fact, he points that out here in a moment. I'm just going to share his, and then he says he doesn't like it because he's forced to do it. So he came up with his own little version of the pledge, It's, uh, and I'll read it for you. It's, I pledge my life to this flag, the symbolized idol of America, and to the president for whom it stands one empire under Bush. Well, I suppose you could insert whoever you wanted there. Unforgivable with tyranny and oppression for all who oppose. Amen. <laughs> and he says, uh, this is, another thing I dislike about my school is they ple- uh, preach blind patriotism. It doesn't matter who the president, politicians, and bureaucrats are. We must accept that they're in a place of authority and therefore give them our respect. He says, no way in hell. I refuse to give respect to our politicians just as I refuse to say the pledges. They can reprimand me and punish me all they want. I won't give in to this tyrannical BS. So I say I don't think it has anything to do with being a Christian. Um, it, it doesn't, and there's no reason he the, should be saying obligated. the pledge. Right, right. And I think that he should uh, should absolutely stay strong. If it's true that he's not actually saying the pledge, uh, and he's going to, and he gets in trouble for that, mm-hmm. uh, I say keep going with it and see how far you can take it. Because eventually it'll come down to either you say the pledge as they want you to, or they're going to kick you out of their school and forego having you, or rather your parents, pay them their five thousand dollars a year or whatever it is that they're charging. They're not willing to go that far. 
No, I don't think they would be either. No, they're much more interested in getting their money, and uh, if they just brought the flags back into the, the classroom, then it's somewhat ten- then the flags are on somewhat tenuous ground anyway. So um, I would think that if you really wanted to stage some kind of full-fledged protest, that that would be your best time to do it when they just brought the flags back in. Unfortunately, as he points out, nobody agrees with him. Well, so, so what if nobody lone, agrees with him? He's the lone voice. I mean, but as far as staging no, no. a protest, he'd be the only one. Oh, so what? I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Do you think it just his, makes it more difficult. Do you think all. that his five to ten thousand? I mean, he's in high school. It's probably closer yeah. to ten thousand dollars a year. His ten, or maybe even more. His ten, fifteen thousand dollars a year. Do you think that that is worth to them? The whole school saying the Pledge of Allegiance? I wouldn't think so. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, it's it, depends on how zealous they are. Depends on how crazy they are. He does say that. Uh, he does say they preach blind patriotism, which is something that... Uh, by the way, I watched this Jesus Camp movie. Oh, you finally saw recently. that. Yeah. There were some posts on our uh, the Free Talk Live BBS that people were talking about it. Like They they were amazed at the content of the film and everything. And, and so Julia and I watched it over the weekend. Mark, have you seen this movie yet, the Jesus Camp? No, I went and saw 300. Oh, okay. I don't think this was in theaters. It was, it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with what it is? I, I, I've seen p- bits of it. The Jesus Camp. Children crying you... before a cutout of Bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe it, Toby? You've seen it? It's it's a camp of where Christians go to get indoctrinated, I guess. Well, then, now, there are a lot of Christian camps. When I was <laughs> the, a Christian, the, the, I went to camp. Yeah, but I it guess wasn't so. like Me this. too, actually. It, it wasn't like no, this. No, nothing like this. This is... The kids are crying because they're being told how bad people they are. They're... I don't. It's, I don't even know how to explain non-stop. it. It's crazy. It's the most, it's the most intense. And I mean, if you've ever been to a Christian camp before... Then what is what I imagine to be a standard Christian camp, the kind that I went to, likely the kind that you went yep. to. You go for a week or two in the summertime. There's counselors. Everybody gets together and they, you know, you go play games out in the field. Yeah, my camp was based on making fires, and tying knots, campfire, and, and you know, outdoorsy stuff. It wasn't Absolutely. based on canoeing. Yep, uh, well, that sort of thing. And then I've the, gone then, to one. I've gone to ones that uh, church camps that were basically held inside churches. You know, there was an hour or so outside playing ball or something, you know, kickball. Or, That's not a camp. Well, it, it is if it uh, is during Are the summer. Are you sleeping and they, over in a church? Hold on. Do you, uh, wait a minute. There's lots of day camps out there. Okay, so it's like a day Bible camp. I was talking about like an overnight camp where okay. you stay for a week. Anyway, so you've got the, the various different outside activities, but then, you know, there's the religious component, for sure. They've got the Sunday morning service, you know, they've got the, uh, there's sometimes there are these night services that they would do as well. So there was some religious components, but on a, uh, you know, in a given 16-hour waking day, maybe only an hour of the 16 hours would be relegated to the sort of reli- the absolute religion coverage at this Jesus camp thing. I don't think it ever stopped. It was just all uh, religious indoctrina- just, indoctrination from it, start to finish. It's it was more than just indoctrination. I mean, these kids were all re- they, they, it's a, it, they're speaking in tongues and stuff. Well, and yeah. They can get pretty intense. So. I, and, and I have done such a thing. Um, have you? I, yes, I absolutely <laughs> have. Um, but if you you know if if you're not if you don't know what this sort of thing is, if you have grown up in say a Presbyterian household, yeah, that's what I and did. you've never seen any of this, any of this people rolling on the floor and talking right. in tongues, it looks and, crazy. If I you, mean, these uh, people take their religion very, very seriously. These are and little kids. I've seen it's, adults it's do it. Like I've never that, seen that got little me turned kids away from Christianity in general. Like I just, you know what? Yeah. This is not for me, and I'm done. No, the my favorite part of that whole film was when right before everyone got to the um 
where they were speaking. She was blessing everything and praying. Please, God, let the let let the microphones work. God, yes. please, <laughs> please, God, let the PowerPoint work. Don't let it fail. God, it was in hilarious. Jesus Christ, we pray. It right. was not only were they saying that, but they actually specifically they actually specifically said, please keep Satan out. <laughs> it was like they wanted to they everything. wanted to protect their microphone uh, cables from Satan. You know, it, you and, must and be blessed <laughs> because your microphones are working just fine, and I didn't see you sprinking holy water right. on them before the show started. You know, and uh, <laughs> and they were serious. They were deadly serious My, about it, I think the, 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 the strangest one to me is the blessing of food. Um, and then, in some cases, they'll go so far as to say if this food contains any impurities or talk about it being poisoned or something like that. Isn't that really insulting to the person who prepared the food? <laughs> hey, you know, this food's just fine. You don't need to pray over it. Yeah. And if it was poisoned, whatever you're doing wouldn't change anything. We'd all be dead. Well, I guess they I guess they believe differently. Well, what if they shook some stick with a bunch of feathers over it? I mean, I, I just I don't get it. That might as well be what they're doing. Uh, but anyway, in this movie, what I mean, was the most thanking am- God for food is is one step. It's the 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 blessing, the impurities right. of it. You know, the 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 cleansing of impurities of the food is a whole another step to me, and a little weird. Yeah, these people are very weird. And one of the things that they do in the film is they tie government in, they, they have a real political agenda. Uh, these are evangelicals, in case you hadn't guessed. And they have a real political agenda. There are a lot of uh, political segments where they're, not only are they indoctrinating the kids to their religious beliefs, but they're also indoctrinating them to how they want to change government. And there's this, you know, there's there's a few different segments, a couple segments in the film where they're talking about how they're chanting in many cases how they want good government, God, good government, good government, and uh, and it just shows the the tip of the iceberg of how these people just don't understand. They just don't get what it is they're they're even talking about. There's no such thing as good government. It's not possible to have good government. You know, their whole idea is they want to elect their people, and they actually use the term. They want their people to rule over in the name of God. They mm-hmm. want pe- they're absolutely all for the use of force if it's enforcing their rules. That doesn't sound like goodness to me. In fact, we've got Gene the Christian Anarchist on the line. Maybe he's got a comment about these people. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. If you want to take control of the airwaves, toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net, toll free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show. Now, one of the ways you can do that is by buying some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. We've got a variety of different uh, pro- a variety of different products available to you at store.freetalklive.com. In fact... Our man who is in charge of the store, Johnson, has uh, just launched, I think, five, maybe more, brand new products. And we announced them. He came on the air with us on Saturday night and essentially gave us the rundown of all the new products. I'll just go through it real quick here. There's the uh, the new Free Marketeer logo cotton T-shirt, which is very nice. Uh, the ladies' Free Talk Live t-shirt, that's now available. And by the way, Johnson told me today that apparently... Now, I understand that we've only been offering these new products in a pre-order, on a pre-order basis since Saturday, but we're a little bit shocked that no ladies have bought the ladies' tea yet. I mean, th- this was one of the h- items that was in highest demand. Our lady listeners were You figured were there'd be a stampede us, for them. Right, we figured... That, I mean, we've sold already five 
of the uh, the Free Talk Live multi gadgets, the two gigabyte flash drive MP3 mm-hmm. player voice recorder. I mean, that's the highest that's the highest ticket item we have on the site. It's sixty. It's one of the highest ticket items. It's sixty bucks for that. Well, there's not much uh, there's not much margin on that particular item, but yes. It yeah, that's be, true. It's there's, one of the more expensive ones. Right. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of profit at all in that. But uh, but it's just interesting that we've sold five of those and no ladies' teas. Come mm-hmm. on, girls. You got, if you don't order, then they're just not going to ever be manufactured. Uh, so store.freetalklive.com. We've got the new beanie cap. We've got the two different types of hoodies: the zippered hoodie and the full pullover hoodie as well, available in different colors. So head over to store.freetalklive.com and oh, and don't forget the. Free Talk Live retracting lighter and bottle opener combo. I mean, what you just can't get much more useful than that. <laughs> well, you can open you can bottles some, and light cigarettes. And I think there's a ring you can put your keys on there, too. Yeah, that thing, yeah. it really is cool. I had a friend who had one of those. It wasn't a Free Talk Live one, but really? everyone wanted to know where he got it. Uh, awesome. He had people offering him 10 bucks for it, and... They wouldn't sell it to them, so that thing well, really is cool. If if you if you buy ours for five and uh, <laughs> sell them for ten, you'll be making money. So there you go. Uh, all the details and all the older products that we have, including the DVD archive collector sets, the other T-shirts and hats, all there at store.freetalklive.com. Get in, place your pre-orders now. We need as many pre-orders as we can get. Um, that way, we can actually get the products because we aren't we aren't we don't have a big huge multi-million dollar budget, so that's why we have to go through the pre-order process. Uh, once again, store.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, it is Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee on the amplifier line. Hey, Gene. Hi, guys. I wanted to tell you about my biodiesel experiment. Oh. Ah, yes. Yeah, I made made up my first batch of 20 gallons of biodiesel, and I, my tank was almost half full, so I poured five gallons in there uh, two days ago, and it's as the truck's running fine, runs just like uh, just like it ever did. And as soon as it gets empty, I'm going to dump the rest of that in there and run it on straight biodiesel. Where did you? Where are you getting the uh, the oil from? A restaurant. There's a Chinese restaurant. I can get their deep fry oil from them, and then uh, you take it home and you run it through some filters. You got to buy a bunch of uh, you buy a couple of whole house filters, and you run those in parallel. You buy a couple of pumps from Harbor Freight Tools. Mm-hmm. And uh, you buy another filter called a water block filter. You got to run it through that to make sure you don't get any water in it. How don't long does that. this take? What's the what's the uh, length of time for this process? It it really doesn't take too long. You just run it through there once. You can run it from. I've got these plastic drums I'm using. I I pump it out of one drum into the next drum into the clean drum, and then once I got the clean stuff filtered out, then I mix the uh, mix the uh, fuel. It takes ten uh, percent kerosene. Five percent unleaded gas, and then a couple other additives. That you oh, so you can't from. just? I thought for some reason you could just pour that stuff into your gas tank. You actually have to add stuff to it to make it work, huh? Yeah, you've got to mix it in order to make it work right. Um, the, yeah. the kerosene thins it down, and then the uh, the unleaded gas, I'm assuming, just kind of gives it a little extra punch. You know, brings the uh, the volatility of the fuel up a little bit. Interesting. Now, then, now, can you start? Like, I I have seen uh, these uh, biodiesel uh, vehicles before, and they had to start on regular diesel, and then they would switch over to the biodiesel yeah, to run. Because they're because they're using the thick grease that has to be heated up. So those are grease burners. This one is running off of your vegetable oils like peanut oil, canola oil, things huh. of that nature. Which so you're really making it. something. You know, you're making a sort of fuel that uh, they can you can start the vehicle on. You don't have to yeah, have two tanks or anything. It, it's exactly the same as diesel fuel. You just pour so you it just in the tank. pour it in your tank. That, well, that's kind of yeah. convenient. How many square feet do you think you're giving in your garage to making, you know, to to manufacturing the fuel? Right now, I've got uh, one drum 
sitting in the garage, which is uh, uh, probably about 26 inches in diameter. Uh-huh. So that makes 26-inch circle. And then I've got a cart, one of those uh, metal tool carts that I've got all my pump stuff mounted to, and it's only uh, 18 inches wide by 36 inches long. So now, what was, your, what was your uh, investment in uh, getting the pumps and that sort of thing? So far, I think I, I haven't added it up, but I'm going to guess I've got about $250 wrapped up in You know, it can't take too much to run a tube from a pump to a pump to a pump to a filter. I mean, it, it doesn't take much to do that. Right. Um, I mean, these, these and you're getting pumps the oil and for the, free, the tubes right? are, yeah, probably. I'm getting the oil for free, but I'm having a problem with this one restaurant, so now I'm looking for another restaurant. But if I get <laughs> enough restaurants lined up, my wife's car is a Mercedes diesel, and my pickup truck's a diesel. I could run both of our cars on this uh, uh, fuel that's costing me about forty-five cents a gallon to manufacture. Does she have the uh, ran? Uh, does she have the the old uh, Mercedes diesel, or is it a turbo diesel? It's a well, it's a turbo diesel. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a 91. Okay. Are you concerned? Yeah. Uh, are, I, I understand you're in Tennessee, so I don't know how big the demand is for this sort of thing out there. Are you concerned you're going to run into some other people that are out looking uh, to get this oil as well from restaurants and that uh, the supply might dry up? Yeah, I've already run into a couple. So really? Yeah, that, that, is a, that is a problem. It could dry up, especially with the diesel price climbing now. It's going up every week. Eventually, maybe the the restaurants are going to make a little bit of money off this. They'll be able to sell it for maybe a quarter a gallon or something instead of giving it away for free. Now, this is after yeah. they've cooked with it. Um, that that they're yeah. wow. Yeah, this is actually oil that they're throwing away, and they have to pay to have it. Not necessarily pay, but they have to find a recycler because now it's considered hazardous waste. So well, I know that you've got to pay around here. I'm sure they're paying that recycler for his services. So. So you're actually doing the restaurant a favor by taking this off of their hands. Well, and they're doing me a favor. I mean, right. I would pay for it, you know, so much a gallon if, if that were necessary. But so far, I've, I've gotten it for free. Very cool. Do you think that this might be a product, like, if enough people got excited about this and the restaurants just dried up, there were just way too many people demanding it, somebody could open up, could somebody theoretically open up, like, a pump where people could go and buy this biodiesel stuff? And, and if so, what do you think the price would be per gallon compared to gasoline? Well, like everything else, the government has regulated it and restricted it, and you, and you have to, uh, you ha- you have to uh, get a license. You have to get a fuel mixer's license. I see. And then so does that you mean you're an illegal fuel you, mixer? Yes, it does, actually. And there are some, <laughs> I'm serious. There are some yeah. people who are doing this for their own vehicle, and the states have come down on their necks and fined them a whole bunch of money and said, well, you're mixing fuel without a license, blah, oh, blah, man. blah. So you know, you're also not paying the the, charge, the taxes when you buy, you're, for the roads. You're supposed right. to pay the, at the pump when you do that. So you're, you're a real rebel out there. But there's one of these guys who's trying to pay the tax. I mean, they said, well, you're not paying the tax. So he's tried to pay the tax, and there's no provision in the the bureaucracy for a person to come and pay the tax on a fuel that they manufactured. It's just, it doesn't exist. There's no receipt for him. So he's, no in violation, he's in violation, but he can't get straight if he wants to continue doing biodiesel. He'd have to go and buy gasoline. There's no way for him to comply other than to buy a license and mix about 30,000 gallons a month. If he could do that and get a license, then he would be legit. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Is he just going to continue violating and then continue racking up fines, or what's his plan? Do you know? That I don't know. 
Let us know if you find I, out. I know you're sort of connected to the movement, and so if you hear the news before we do, it'll probably be you. Give us a call and let us know. And uh, Gene, any other thoughts? Well, I was going to say that uh, if you want to learn more about it, you can go to dieselsecret.com. Okay. That's dieselsecret.com. Gene, the Christian thank anarchist. Uh, thank you for the call. We appreciate it as always. It, it's a little bit of work, but um, you know, it's better for the environment. Well, he said he was paying 40-something cents a gallon after all of his costs were factored right, in. Right, and you save a lot of money. I mean, that's significant. Compared to what gas is right now, I mean, in San Francisco, it's over $4 a gallon uh, yeah. right now. Well, if you do a little bit of driving, you uh, still... You're only, still saving. You're still saving because you, you don't do it as often. Right. You know, there's I not mean, that much work to be done. Forty. I mean, this is in San Francisco where we are, but it's still 250 a gallon or whatever it two, is here. 270 now. I mean, that's... Wow, that's a fraction of the cost. I mean, I guess if you're willing to invest the time, that's what you're getting. Because you still have to find the oil... That seems to be the tricky part. It can't be that hard. I mean, you stop off at a couple of restaurants. It's not like the nobody's ever heard of this concept before. A lot of uh, restaurants are probably just waiting for somebody to come ask for their grease. Good point. But I can't wait till somebody comes so I don't have to pay for the uh, recycling guy yeah. to come. Yeah. 800-259-9231, hour number three on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever is on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. As we're launching into hour number three, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Once again, enjoy them on us, freetalklive.com. So, uh, actually, I want to continue an email. Uh, I know it's not a good thing to necessarily hold it over, but it's a completely separate topic from the same email we started last hour okay. from Cody. Uh, he's a young gentleman who goes to a Christian private high school, and as he points out here, uh, apparently, three students were expelled today from my school for being in possession of marijuana. Mm. Now, I knew all three of the girls. It is a small school. And one in particular, one not so much, I was really upset to see leave, especially since I believe that marijuana isn't the horrible thing that it's cracked up to be. Right. Not since we go to a Christian school. Uh, we are drilled, since we go to a Christian school, we're drilled with Christian propaganda from the minute we arrive. And by the way, he does say that he is a Bible-believing Christian. Mm -hmm. Obviously, though, he's uh, someone who questions what he's told. He says, so of course I went all this time thinking that marijuana was bad and smokers of it were going to hell. Man, was I wrong. I also thought that it was dangerous, but as an assignment for health class, I looked it up and found that it was less harmful than ordinary tobacco. Or what? alcohol or a lot of things that are, I mean, it's about as, as harmful as caffeine. Right, wasn't there, uh, I think there was a study done recently, I think by some uh, some British scientists that showed, or somebody, uh, that showed essentially a, a new ranking of illegal drugs. Right. Well, it, in that case, they what they ranked was, uh, you know, the the dosage that it would take to kill you. It doesn't talk about harmful. Um, there are I, there are certainly claims out there that marijuana can cause uh, drug-induced psychosis. I haven't seen a lot of uh, evidence for that, <laughs> no. and that is the, and it certainly doesn't cause man boobs. It certainly doesn't cause um, all kinds of uh, nonsense that we have been right. told throughout the years. 
And that would be the only harm that marijuana could possibly cause Precisely. unless you did something dumb because you were stoned. But that's, you know, very unlikely. Uh, marijuana is not going to make you think you can fly. No, it's just not, you know, not going to happen. Anyway, he says, uh, so why is it illegal, he asks. I thought, then I started listening to your podcast, and I really enjoyed the segment about marijuana. Well, we've had more than one. Uh, he says it got me thinking about all the lies that I've been force-fed. Now I'm all for the decriminalization of it. I think it's terrible that these girls now will have to live with the consequences of stupid rules. I'll be well, s- uh, now, now, hold on. Um, what the, the, the Christian school, besides selling uh, God and selling the Bible and Christian values um, to the parents that would send their kids there, is also selling a superior learning environment yeah. to the uh, parents that would send their kids there. And if you would, were to ask uh, the parents of the, the, the students there, do you want um, your kids uh, more exposed, less exposed to marijuana than they are at public school? They're all going to say we want them less. More, yeah, right. Far, far less, and we want more enforcement and and those kind of things. Sure. So, the school's doing the right thing um, for their by business, their customers for yeah. their business model. I see where you're coming from, but nonetheless, he still feels how he feels. I mean, he knows that you know the the reality is that this isn't a harmful substance. That he liked hanging around with at least one of these people, or he liked one mm-hmm. of these girls, and uh, he didn't want to see them uh, essentially kicked out. Mm-hmm. He says he thinks it's terrible that they have to live with these consequences. They were nice people, not the stereotypical marijuana users described by government propaganda. They were white, middle-class teenage girls. It's sad how much the government lies and deceives us. They plant images to be associated with illegal substances. You hear the word drug, and the first thing that comes to mind are drug dealers, low-class kids, the ghetto, stuff like that. It's sickening that government is still employing racism as a scare tactic. In fact, uh, you know, there's there's evidence, not so much these days, but back in some of the earlier anti-drug commercials, that mm-hmm. there were definitely um, some sort of racist overtones. You know, the suggestion was always that the drug dealer was a black guy. Well, it makes uh, that sense sort of if that, the reason uh, marijuana was made illegal, one of them was based on race. True. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it would make sense if the still parts of that hanging out there. There's still class issues involved in marijuana, I would say. What do you mean? I would say that some many some many many people would say that marijuana is a you know a lower done by the lower class. You think? I think that they would say that. Yeah. I think that those people would be absolutely wrong. I think that there's uh, some evidence to support what you're saying. I don't uh, know. There are a lot. There's ent- a lot of evidence. In I don't fact, know if I'm entirely ready to say it, but well, I can tell you that I've got plenty of evidence. I've met the people who uh, I've met plenty of people who are of the upper class. Do you think the percentages marijuana? are higher, lower, or about the same in the upper I'd class that smoke ma- marijuana? Probably as about the, the same. Lower class. I'd say about the same, if not higher. I disagree. It's just that they don't get I would, caught. I, see, I, I would just disagree. That's all. I, yeah, I, I, in a way, I see Ian's point too. But yeah, well, I know I a lot Ian's of point. I know and, a lot of dropouts, and almost every single dropout I know who and dropouts isn't necessarily bad. I'm talking about dropouts who don't do anything with their life. I know a lot of them who are do just smoke marijuana all day and don't do anything. At the same time, I know a lot of very successful people who do who use marijuana as well. Right. But I can see where it the gets that, that connotation. I, the fact that I say it shows that there's a pre- prejudice. Well, that's now, all. I, yes, I see where you're coming from, and there's no way that anybody's ever going to come out with uh, with real numbers on this. No, so you're not. I mean, I know that I know city city councilors um, and you know lawyers, doctors, I know doctors. Nurses. I know I know all these things, Ian. I absolutely do. Right, I'm so just saying. I think percentages. That, okay, if we're gonna look at losers, 
if we're going to look at uh, dropouts, because there's right. a difference between someone who is sort of in the poor category mm-hmm. of uh, of life in that they uh, they're they're still out there working, they're <laughs> working poor, and then there's the losers that sit around and do nothing. So if you right. want to look at the people that are losers that sit around and do nothing all day, those who are making under twenty thousand dollars a year or whatever, making nothing, just mm-hmm. sitting around smoking weed, yeah, there's going to be a high percentage of marijuana smokers or drug users in general, whether they be drinkers or whatever. There's mm-hmm. going to be a high percentage of any sort of drug users there and also if you look at the pers- the rich people who maybe rich housewives that sort of thing people who are classified as rich mm-hmm. that sit around all day basically people right. who don't have anything to do usually right. i bet you that there'd be a similar percentage of rich people that sit around all day that also do drugs right. Cor- right. correlation doesn't equal causation I, I would I would agree with that, and you know it would depend on what you call using marijuana. Does smoking marijuana on a daily basis is that use? Is, yeah, of course um, it is. is. It, well, of course it is. Um, th- you know that would be the one end of it. But is smoking marijuana on a, a semi-annual basis is that use? Technically, it would be. It, it, technically, it would be, but I would also it's consider infrequent. that it's infrequent. You know, very infrequent. When they so do the polls, if you put the doctors in the uh, you know the semi-annual category and you start um, putting all those people in under user, then yeah, you might have a case. But when you're talking about people who smoke on the hour, well, the every I'm, hour, the ones I'm talking about are are more frequent than. Yeah, that. I think that uh, when they measure uh, use, it's within 30 days. So it's always have you used this drug within the past 30 days? Yeah, well, I think that that's a reasonably fair. Um, you know, estimation because you know there's 30 days that I have, and then there's 30 days that I haven't. 800-259-9231. And uh, so anyway, that's an email from Cody. He's he's upset that there's a lot of lies out there about marijuana, and and that's certainly true. Luckily, there are some great organizations in America and around the rest of the world that are doing really good work uh, in regards to combating the government lies and half-truths about marijuana. In the case, uh, one of those organizations happens to be the Marijuana Policy Project, and Bruce Merkin from the uh, the MPP points out that apparently April 2nd, so very recently, yesterday, today's signing of the, nation, of the nation's 12th state medical marijuana law by New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson will jumpstart efforts to reform federal policy on, on medical marijuana, advocates said today. The so that's almost a quarter of the states at this point yeah. have legalized medical marijuana and the feds still turn a you know blind a deaf ear to it they do not care there is too much money being made in the enforcement of marijuana laws they will not stop it they're going to fight uh, the feds are going to fight to the bitter bitter end i what at 50% of the states you know the They'll feds know that the reason that it's not across the whole nation the rest of the states is because they're doing this fight i know that we had the fight up here in new hampshire to legalize medical marijuana mm-hmm. and the reason it didn't get through is because the feds are still enforcing it well yeah. it's that's one of the reasons but if it any, would have gotten if any through one of the reasons though. didn't exist we would have medical marijuana right. in new hampshire sometime this year that's correct I, and when I made and some I of the, suspect we will have it next year. When I had called some of the reps, that was the excuse I got a lot. Right. Was the feds? Oh, the feds are scary. The feds. Well, so what? What's the, what do the feds have to do with the um, New Hampshire's enforcement oh, of drug they're laws? Scary. They're scary. Yeah, but but are they doing anything to the uh, legislatures They've in got other guns. cities? They've got guns. They're not doing any the thing to legislatures in other states. Why are you scared? I don't know. Because they're not two, making any sense. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They're just making an excuse to not vote for uh, for the medical yeah, marijuana. Yeah, that much is true. There's a little bit more about this. Uh, New Mexico Marijuana Policy Project and uh, your calls about whatever's on your mind. You take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live.
toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Visit and enjoy uh, the live streams that we have there, the broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version as well, waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire in special FSP tour buses or on your own and socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Porkfest.com. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Uh, talking about a little bit of news on the marijuana front. In this case, the medical marijuana front. New Hampshire, excuse me, New Mexico uh, New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson will jumpstart efforts to reform federal policy on medical marijuana, advocates say today, from the Marijuana Policy Project. The signing comes in the wake of new research further documenting marijuana's medical value. Uh, New Mexico now joins a number of other states. They list them off. Uh, Richardson, who is a candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination, actively lobbied for the bill's passage Aaron Houston, the director of government relations for the MPP, says Governor Richardson's action is the clearest sign yet that politicians are finally catching up with the people on the issue of medical marijuana. He says support for medical marijuana is overwhelming. 78% of Americans in a national Gallup poll and backing from the medical community is solidifying as new research continues to document marijuana's medical benefits. Support in Congress keeps growing, and this could be the year the federal government finally ends its cruel attacks on the sick in states where medical marijuana is legal. Hmm. It's hard to imagine, but perhaps. I, I'm certainly not going to get my hopes up on this, but nonetheless... I don't see their motivation to. Right now, they the go... Feds? Yeah, they... To stop? stop? Yeah, they, right now, they go in the DEA. They raid a place. They don't have to arrest anyone. They get to take all the marijuana and all the money. Well, if it's up to the DEA, they'll never stop. No. So, they, it has to be Congress. Congress is going to have to make a change. I believe they've already pledged not to, at least, this this term. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, again, I'm not expecting anything out of Washington, D.C., but nonetheless, it's good news that things are moving in the right direction. More states coming on board with, mer- uh, with medical marijuana. The 78% number is huge. I'd be interested to see how that number changes when you break it down according to East Coast, West Coast, breadbasket, because I bet you the breadbasket's sort of hurting those numbers. I bet you if you look at urbanized areas, East Coast and West Coast, mm-hmm. it's probably up in the 90 percentile. But what difference does that make if it's urbanized? Or, I mean, I mean, yeah. not necessarily even urbanized. It's East, West, East and West Coast, probably what, just more like. I, I see that the bread breadbasket probably it is dragging those number, numbers down, and Midwesterners have a tendency to be the uh, sort of conservative types. But the sticks in the mud, so to but speak. But we are talking about, <laughs> you know, we're talking about the whole of the U.S. and they're part of it. So what difference does it make if it's East Coast and West Coast? I don't really understand. I don't know. I was just pointing out that the numbers might be higher if you exclude them. I That's know it, it's sixty-eight percent here in New Hampshire. So sixty-eight percent for medical marijuana. Yep. New Hampshire's a little Midwestern in its, uh, its philosophy. Conservative though. values here. So yeah, I'm surprised it's that low. Anyway, either way, it's still good numbers. Uh, marijuana policy projects working closely with other organizations in support of members of Congress to pass an amendment to end federal mar- uh, medical marijuana raids in states 
with medical marijuana laws, including uh, former Congressman Bob Barr, who recently joined the MPP's lobbying effort, as we pointed out last week. A University of California study published earlier this year in the Journal of Neurology found that marijuana effectively relieved a type of severe nerve pain that afflicts hundreds of thousands with HIV-AIDS and is similar to the type of pain experienced by many patients suffering from multiple sclerosis, diabetes, and other illnesses. A wide variety of medical and health organizations support legal access to medical marijuana, including the American Public Health Association, the American Nurses Association, the American Academy of HIV Medicine, and the Lymphoma Foundation of America. Uh, And then they go on to point out how the Marijuana Policy Project is the largest marijuana policy reform organization in the United States. And uh, the guy who runs the organization is a self-proclaimed libertarian. So more power to him. Uh, MarijuanaPolicy.org is their website if you want to learn more about them and what they're doing. Because I think they're doing good things. In fact, I just got an email uh, during uh, during the show from Rocket Man, who is kind of like the the go-to guy here in the state, in New Hampshire. Um, on, on marijuana issues. On the marijuana issue. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who's behind NHCommonSense.org. He's sort of organizing all of the, the different activists. He's a great activist. Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting super. things done, and, and that's really what you want from your activists. So. so apparently he's putting together, there's some sort of meeting. The activists are being called together, and we're going to have some sort of a powwow about the next step. And I guess, I don't know why this is. I've, I've yet to been to the meeting, so I don't know what it's all about. But apparently there's going to be some new push for some sort of national changes. So there's going to be like a New Hampshire-based push, or maybe we're going to be part of a national thing that's going to be pushing for uh, for something. It sounds like he's really excited. So if he's excited, it could I've be... I've heard some good rumors. I don't want yeah. to say them, but they're just rumors at this point, but good news. Okay. We'll uh, we'll bring it to you as we learn it. 800-259-9231. Let's go I wanted to the phones. damn rumors. That's what I want to know. You have to come to the meeting. Let's uh, talk to Gilbert in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Toby and Mark. Hi guys, it was a pleasure meeting you at the Freedom Forum. Excellent, yeah, Gilbert. It's a What's pleasure on, talking to you now? What's on your mind tonight? I think the rights issue uh, question is a little bit uh, gets tough because people think that they have to justify the rights, and it's kind of like proving a negative. Really, the ones that have to justify their right to tell us what to do are the ones that want to tell us what to do. Okay. Well, they've the got analysis, a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> They've got men with guns willing to follow their every whim. Well, that's the that's the enforcement. That's the 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 result is is the enforcement of their will. But the uh, philosophical question, they still have to justify why they have the uh, the right. No, they to don't. What to... No, no. See, they don't. The they gun don't seem to be bothered the... by that philosophical right. question. The, the gun completely eliminates the whole philosophical factor. I mean, to you and I, on an intellectual level, yes, they should philosophically justify it. But how many violent thugs have ever, uh, you know, come up to you and said, "Well, uh, I, may, I may be robbing you here tonight, but uh, if you go back to the uh, the writings of uh, our ancestors and you examine uh, their thoughts and the, on the matter, oh, just give me your money." You know, no? and and the other thing is when you think about situations like in New Orleans when the uh, when they violated Posse Comitatus by having uh, the, uh, the the military in there confiscating people's guns. Mm. You know, uh, the, the the military guy... They didn't make an said, excuse. You know, I really hate the idea gunning down Americans in cold blood. And I didn't it. imagine that I'd, I'd ever have to do that, but I'll, I'll kill him right away, sir. Yes, sir. Like, you know, they did interviews with these guys, and, you know, they're, they're going to do what they're told to do because they're told to do it. They're told that when we hire you, you do what you're told to do, and that's your job. You don't ask questions. You don't talk about constitutionality. You don't think about rights. We'll worry about that. Well, I think, I think there's, a, there's an underlying 
sense of what's right and what's wrong, and they've got the uh, they've got the control of the people with the media and the and the school system. But people still do need and want a, a justification. They just think it's already there, that it's already been proven, it's already right. Uh, I would agree with you there, of course. With they, that. Yeah, he said he agrees. I would agree. I would agree with you there. Right. They they presume that the politicians the have gover- already the government said so, so it must be right. Right. They presume the politicians have already done the footwork and and that sort of thing. When in fact they're just doing whatever they want. Right. And I, well, I think they, I think they believe that the uh, the actions are right because the the um, the sentiments or the uh, the um, the ends the justify the means. Right. No, that the intentions are right. Yeah. The people are you know they have good intentions. It's all that matters. People should know better than that, unfortunately. The road to hell is uh, paved, as they say, with good intentions. Gilbert, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. More on the way. You take control. Jerry Falwell. Check in with him in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll free. 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, and that does include, by the way, the updates. You get signed up for the updates, we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. So get on the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. Once again, that's updates.freetalklive.com. Uh, got a story about old Jerry Falwell. We haven't talked about him in quite a while. Here's the. Uh, he certainly makes news. Yeah, well, here's the latest. Uh, Jerry Falwell from the American Chronicle. The Virginian televangelist is the best advertisement for the stupidity, hypocrisy, and veniality of TV-based evangelical religion. Watch Jerry Falwell condemn Tinky Winky for being gay while his three chins quiver in moral indignation. (laughs) Come on. How can any reasonably intelligent person take this joker seriously? This is, by the way, Robert Paul Rise wrote this. Uh, Jerry Falwell may expend his time, resources, and money to promote his intolerant faith, but he has given paganism in Virginia a big boost. How so? From the Americans United for Separation of Church and State website, quote, a group of pagans in Abermall County, Virginia, was recently given permission to advertise their multicultural holiday program to public school children, and they have the Reverend Jerry Falwell to thank for it. You see, the dispute started last summer when Gabriel and Joshua Rakowski, twins who attend Holly Maid Elementary School, which uh, I presume is a, uh, a government school, I believe it is, sought permission to distribute flyers about their church's vacation Bible school Mm -hmm. to their peers via what they call backpack mail. You see, many government schools use special folders placed in student backpacks to distribute notices about school events and sometimes extracurricular activities that young people might be interested in to parents. Right. So it's the backpack mail system. I didn't have this when I was a kid, but I guess they, uh, they do now. School officials originally denied the request because, again... Separation of of school and state, or separation of church and state, right? That's the reason the request was denied. Makes perfectly good sense to me. Uh, the school policy, in fact, bars, quote, distribution of literature that's for partisan, sectarian, religious, or political purposes. Really? Can you imagine? Now, Rakowski, uh, the father or, or whatever, the, the twins, sicked the Liberty Council on the county, which is one of the most misnamed 
<laughs> one of the most misnamed activist groups out there. And the policy was soon revised to allow religious groups to use the backpack mail system. Now, the, relig- uh, the so-called Liberty Council is a religious right legal group founded by Matthew Staver and now is affiliated with Falwell. So they've got some sway. Mm-hmm. They obviously turned up the heat on the school board bureaucrats, and they said, okay, okay, okay. I don't know why, but okay. Yeah, they must really have some sway in this uh, in this particular, I mean, it's Virginia. It's probably a smaller, smaller why, area. Why would, they, why, why would the Marl, bureaucrats even listen? Apple, Marl County, Virginia. They I mean, probably go to church with these people. Okay, so separation of church and state, what... What's next? Are they going to allow them to put in their junk mail? I mean, they're going <laughs> to put in sale flyers from... If they get a cut, they might. <laughs> I mean... And it, then at some point, um, you know, once it gets so ridiculous, parents will be like, yeah, don't take that crap home, just throw it in the garbage. Well, it's it's not actually... I, you know, that you suggest that sort of in jest, but it's not unheard of. I remember I was a little bit surprised down in Florida when I got my, my uh, water bill, which is done by the state there, mm-hmm. uh, it, or it's done by the, the city. And I was a little bit surprised that they included advertisements with my water bill. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it wasn't enough. Does the government endorse this uh, particular uh, product? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't enough that they were charging me for the water. They had to actually throw advertisements at me as well. <laughs> right. Well, the backpack mail, I'm a little bit familiar with it. And I know that it's a lot of times used to send important messages back and forth from school. Um, uh, parents be informed of like a teacher's night or something. But if they're getting all this useless stuff thrown at them, they're not going to read what might be important. Sure. And uh, in this case, so the school went ahead and bent to the Liberty Council's demands. And they allowed religious groups to use the backpack mail system. Hmm. So... Turnabout is fair play. Yeah, once once they uh, allow religions to put their little events in the uh, backpack mail, now the uh, now the pagans can uh, put yeah. their goat sacrifice on there. They and took advantage of the running around in the full moon and all that don't good stuff. Sacrifice goats. Well, they took know. advantage of the school's decision to allow religious groups to use the backpack mail system. Now, fresh-faced school children, including many evangelicals, are being sent home with printed material in their backpacks, extolling the virtues of paganism. Of course, the evangelicals are now howling in protest. How dare the school system be fair and impartial? Christian myths and fables are kosher, mm. but the school can't allow impressionable minds to be subjected to the pagan faith. Hopefully, at least one born-again school child will be converted to the pagan belief system. Oh, I never heard a pagan bashing a homosexual in the name of paganism. Only an organization founded by Jerry Falwell would find fault with a school policy, quote, barring distribution of literature that's for partisan, sectarian, religious, or political purposes. He says intolerant freaks like Falwell believe that theirs is the only true religion and therefore should be allowed to proselytize without restraint. Well, that's the problem. I, I would I would agree with that, but that's the reason that for the First Amendment, um, freedom of religion, is because people like Falwell will get a certain amount of clout. They'll um and and they'll get what they want done. Right and. He'd love to outlaw these other religions. He would absolutely love to do that. He's going to he's going to take these people to heaven whether he has to drag them in handcuffs mm. is the way he sees it. And you can't take somebody to heaven that way. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier about these evangelicals wanting to be our rulers. They don't yep. they don't only want to get in power, but they want to get in power and rule over us, not be representatives That's, for those us. Those are their but words. Rule over us. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're quoting from Jesus camp. 
So only uh, old Falwell, he says, other religions of the, are of the devil in their mind and don't deserve the same privilege. Jerry Falwell, thanks for helping pagans in Virginia. Blessings in the name of Mother Earth. Just a little jab at him in the, at the, uh, the end of the article. Well, I doubt he'll even read the American article. Chronicle. Probably not. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number for you. You bring up anything to lewrockwell.com. And Michael Tennant, talking about property values... Page B1 of Saturday's Pittsburgh Tribune Review offers a window into the mindset of average Americans and their leaders, demonstrating that neither cares a whit about the other's property rights. First off is a story about the Allegheny County Health Department's uh, fining the Lithuanian Citizens Society of Western Pennsylvania $16,250 for violating the county's new ban on smoking in public places. Hmm. Now, that's a pretty hefty fine which yeah. are, are not defined as places owned by the public, like government buildings, oh, but places that are open to the public, like stores, restaurants, social clubs, etc., as, as many other places around the country have passed similar bans. Somehow, by opening his establishment doors to the public, the owner mag- magically forfeits his property rights and is no longer allowed to determine who might partake of a perfectly legal substance within the confines of that property. Furthermore, he may not even permit people to smoke on his own property in the great outdoors if they are smoking, quote, within five feet of doorways, Hmm. unquote. The bureaucrats of the county health department were kind enough to issue a warning to the Lithuanian society before slapping on them fines of $250 per lit cigarette, plus an additional $250 for failing to have a workplace smoking policy. They didn't even have a policy in place to get fined. (laughs) The society some of whose members probably thought they had escaped to freedom from Soviet and Nazi occupation of their home country, apparently believed that as owners of their property, they had the right to determine whether or not their patrons could inhale tobacco smoke. We can't have these foreigners coming in here with their crazy concepts thinking crap like that. Give them a fine. In addition, they believe that they were exempted from the county's smoking ban because, quote, bingos and other charitable events that are entirely staffed by volunteers over 18 inches are indeed exempt. Hold on, the volunteers have to be 18 inches? Apparently. The regulations, as always, <laughs> what? the regulations, as always, are complex and open to a wide variety of interpretations. Wait a minute, they have the volunteers that are less than 18 inches? I don't know. It's very strange. And the political what power... What parts are they measuring? <laughs> I did, can't be their total height. Of the particular establishment being wonder fine, but they say, uh, but since they pay their twice-a-week bingo staff... The health department ruled otherwise. Mm. So this is, the again, the Lithuanian Citizen Society that has been fined $16,000. Crazy, crazy talk. For politicians, of course, there are three benefits to signing these kinds of laws into effect. First, they get to pose, and this is, I, I really like the way he puts this. First, they get to pose as caring leaders, trying to protect people from the dangers of, in this instance, smoking. Second, having a bureaucracy levy fines on the public and not always sympathetic individuals and and not always sympathetic individuals and organizations is much less politically risky than raising taxes on wide swaths of the public. Yeah. So they're only targeting, in this case, the Lithuanian Citizen Society, not everybody all at once. Third, politicians get the opportunity to stick up for the little guy when the bureaucrats go too far. We'll talk about how this all plays out here in moments. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231 is the packet. 8.net toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. 
And though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at Amazon.freetalklive.com. And that, by the way, when you shop through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Once again, Amazon.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles with all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. rlc.org. All right, so we're talking about a smoking ban. This particular one happens to be in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. And uh, they find the Lithuanian Citizens Society $16,000 for violating their smoking ban on any public place. And as uh, as Michael Tennant at LewRockwell.com rightly points out, and I think it's a brilliant point, that for politicians there are three distinct benefits to signing these types of laws. Mm-hmm. Just to recap, one, they get to pose as caring leaders to protect people from some danger, in this case smoking. Second, having a bureaucracy levy fines on specific and not always sympathetic individuals and organizations, like in this case the uh, Lithuanian Citizen Society, is much less politically risky than raising taxes on wide swaths of the public. So it's not really too much of a risk to pass these types of laws. Third, politicians... I like this one. This is the most insidious one. Yeah. They get the opportunity to stick up for the little guy when the bureaucrats, quote, go too far. Now, as he points out, all three apply here in spades. Allegheny County Chief Executive Dan Onorato, who signed the ban into law last October, is now charging that the fine against the Lithuanian society is excessive. It's not inherently wrong, you see, for the society's property rights to be violated. (laughs) He just doesn't want the health department's enforcers to go too far. Which is to say, beyond the point which is politically damaging to those who enacted the anti-smoking ordinance, namely him. Right. Onorado agrees with the health department's assessment that the law applies to social clubs. He just wants the department and the society to come to a compromise. That is, a reduced penalty that will bring a sizable enough amount of money into the county treasury, thus satisfying the health department Nazis without unduly endangering Onorado's political future. Thus does Onorado attempt to create the appearance of being the friend of the common man, while actively engaging in multiple violations of the common man's property rights. Nice work, if you can get it. <laughs> directly below this is uh, d- directly below this story of big bad governments taking things out on a poor charitable organization is this story of big bad governments taking things out on poor people who use mass transit except the latter story is not quite the same it's more the story of big bad governments taking things out on the taxpayers who are forced to fund a chronically debt-ridden mass transit system as so is often the case however the debate is not framed to reflect that no In this case, the Port Authority of Allegheny County, which is in charge of bus and train services, is projecting a deficit of $80 million for the next fiscal year. Go figure. All these bus systems are um, projecting deficits of some sort or another because they're just a bad idea. If they were a good idea, you wouldn't need the city to do it. This being a government agency, of course, year after year of huge losses can easily be sustained. And, you know, the the original idea from most of these bus systems was... Hey, let's start up a bus system. We'll get it going, and then it'll sort of support itself. Yeah. No. It doesn't happen. It doesn't come close because the money just keeps it's getting a bad in. idea. Yeah. I mean, the bus, you know, the public transportation looks a hell of a lot like the public housing, and that's one of the reasons that it, you know, one of the many reasons, well, sometimes it can a myriad look okay. of reasons. Depending on the area you live, sometimes it can look okay because they pour sometimes enough the money public, into the it. Sometimes the public housing in uh, certain areas looks okay, right. too. I mean, either, there's public way, housing in America that you can walk through without getting knifed. The fact, it, 
the fact is they're, they're losers. Uh, they're fiscal losers. Anyway, so it's $80 million is the deficit for the next year, right? So year after year, these losses can easily be sustained, but eventually even the government has to face up to reality. In this case, the Port Authority is therefore proposing to raise fares and reduce service. <laughs> by the way, the only way... That's by the great. Way, Give me some of that crap. <laughs> this is also the only way that they're going to be able to keep Social Security floating for uh, another few more years, is to raise the age you retire at, or raise the amount they take from you and, re- and reduce service. Anyway, it's a move that makes fiscal sense, but will surely still fail to resolve the underlying problem, which is the lack of a profit incentive. As long as taxpayers have to foot the bill, there's no reason for the Port Authority ever to get itself into sound financial shape. No, why would they? Nevertheless... Even these reasonable steps, which are projected to bring the deficit down to a mere $45 million, are being resisted by guess who? Government. Close. (laughs) By those who are not officially part of the political class, though not officially part of the political class, share its contempt for others' property rights. As far as these people are concerned, they have an inherent right to the property of others, i.e. to the money stolen from other taxpayers to subsidize the greenback hemorrhaging proposition known as mass transit. Those who ride the bus or train ought not to be expected to pay the entire cost of their own transportation, nor should the transit authority be expected to live within its means. Other people should be robbed at gunpoint so these parasites can continue to ride mass transit for next to nothing. So it's not the government. It's just people who love big government. So it's the That's welfare right. recipients, the people that the ride the, 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 the bus itself. It's them right. that they're complaining. I see. These hold-up artists are shameless. And I'm sure the union is involved if there's a transportation union. I'm sure. I'm sure they're involved in this. They even staged an all-night vigil. Near the Port Authority's headquarters, hoisting signs with slogans like, We weep for our public transit. And like like their public transit is a little animated bus. Who, honk, honk. He, yeah. He's got little <laughs> feelings and stuff. Lest and another Herbie, sign. Herbie, the public transit bus. <laughs> he's crying because he won't be able to take the, you know, the welfare recipients, the degenerates, the bums peeing on themselves. He won't be able to take them everywhere. Less transit means less opportunity, says another sign. I suppose that's easier and safer than breaking into their neighbors' houses during the night and stealing the money they believe is rightfully theirs. One doubts that their photograph would have appeared in the newspaper in quite the same fashion if they'd done that. Yeah, but then you can shoot them at least. Mm. But there's no denying that the reality of the act is precisely the same. Neither politicians nor ordinary citizens in America have any concern for the property rights of others. Oh, they'll howl in protest of their own rights. Even imagined ones like the right to mass transit are violated. But they won't give a second thought to their own violations of others' rights. Politicians will tell you you may or what you may or may not do with your own property and then snatch it from you if you fail to obey their edicts, edicts from which they generally exempt themselves. Non-politicians will demand that you hand over all your hard-earned money or a good fraction of it so that they can get whatever they happen to want at the moment and then scream bloody murder if their victims balk at even a small portion of their demands. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. It is even a small portion. If you know, if you don't give them the dollars that they're looking for, you're bad. You're mean. You're greedy. Property rights are the bedrock of civilization and prosperity. Isn't ironic? The funny thing is, is they can get everything they want voluntarily. They really can. They can probably get it better, um, you know, better service entirely. But they want to take it at the point of a gun. They yeah. want to make you get on their side. You may not oh. think my idea is such a great idea, but 
You're going to do it anyway, because a lot I'm going to use the guns of government. A lot of the people who think that it's such a good idea are also the people who think that people are in search of a profit are bad, evil yep. business people. So they wouldn't like the public transit if it, if it said private transit on it. Then it right. wouldn't be any good. Property rights are the bedrock of, of civilization. Isn't it ironic that here in the alleged land of the free, that Americans and their elected officials are busily engaging in destroying private property rights, while the still officially communist Chinese government has just passed its first law protecting them? <laughs> if the Chinese leave us in the dust economically in the coming decades, don't say you weren't warned. They're beginning to come to terms with the importance of private property, just as we in the West are fast denying it. To the phones. Let's go to Vince in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Vince. Vince in California. Vince hey, going once. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. What's on your mind, Vince? Hey, uh, listening to your show last Saturday, you guys were reading that article from LouRockwell.com about uh, drunk driving. Yes. Um, yeah, I was listening to it, and I didn't really find the argument he made all that compelling. Okay. But it made me sort of think about some of the other unintended consequences. And the one that I can definitely speak to from experience is... When I'm driving while, you know, a little, little t- tipsy, I'm very, very paranoid about cops. And I'm looking all over, looking, you know, in my rear view mirror, is that car a cop? You know, spending a lot of my precious attention making sure that there aren't any cops around looking mm. for me. Attention that I should be paying to the road in my driving. Mm-hmm. Good point. Very but, good, Vince. You Anything know, else? I've been like, thinking about that, and I, you know, I... Whew. It's a hell of a thing to say. Let's get rid of drunk driving laws. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a uh, state uh, a statement that that has a you know has a great deal of uh, hubris to it. But it, it may be true, but uh, you know, regardless of the emotionalism behind it, you know, unintended consequences are a fact of government policy. Well, they're a fact of everything, but um, go- government policy that, means though. that you don't have a choice. Vince, your final thoughts. Uh, my final thought is that I don't have a driver's license, so when I'm driving all the time. Thanks, dude. Appreciate the call. It's been Ian here with you. (laughs) And Toby. And Mark. (laughs) Wow. All right, we'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.